Are you feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, me too. Last year, at the end of last year, I I just, boy, I think I just lost my oomph. I have never really experienced this thing that they call burnout. It's just kind of not in my wiring, but I think I might have run into it at the end of last year. And it stopped me in my tracks. It really slowed me down. And I found that I was having a difficult time even identifying my why, like, what am I doing? Why am I working so hard? What am I going for here? So in the last few months, I've been picking my way through that rubble. And I'm not all the way through, uh, full disclosure. I there's still, some, there's still some rubble, and I still am struggling sometimes just to figure out what my path is and what I should be doing while I'm running a small business, what actions that I should be taking, what things I should not do. And I want to talk a little bit today about my recovery, which, like I said, in progress from burnout and from overwhelm, and what I'm doing now to stay in balance. If you want the short answer, it's fighting to hear my intuition. So there you go. You can turn this podcast off now. That's what I'm doing. But there's kind of a long way around to get there. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit how about how I use my intuition to balance my overwhelm and manage burnout. If you want to know more, stay with me. the Josie Lewis Show, where it is artist-to-artist chat about making great art and selling your art, because I think artists should get paid. If you are someone who is an artist and you've been making art for a while, and you maybe have sold a few pieces and you're thinking, gosh, it'd be pretty cool if I could sell more, I've got something for you. I, I wrote up a guide. It's called the Quick Start Guide to Selling Your Art Online, and it basically amounts to what I would do today right now in 2023 to grow my art business if I was starting from absolute zero. I've been doing this for a while and I've had a successful business being a full-time artist for the last five or six years. But I think that if I needed to start over, I could. I could start over and it, I could make it work. So I think you should check out this guide if you're just curious, a little bit curious. You can get it at josielewis.com slash quickstart. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about overwhelm. Last year was a banner year for me. It was a very big year for my business. It was the first full year that my husband worked with me. Uh, He had left his corporate job at the end of 2021, and he was working full-time with my business for all of last year. So that was big. And during that year, during last year, not only was I selling art on the regular basis, but I also launched Art Revenue Coaching, which is my membership where I help artists to sell their art because I love artists so much. And I just feel like I have all this knowledge of being in the arts industry for my whole life and also being the daughter of an artist that I just wanted to share what I know and to support artists who want to create a real business out of their job. So it was like a passion project for me. But because it was uh, something I'd never done before, I'd never started a membership before, it took a lot of technical development. And there was a lot of back-end stuff that I had to figure out. 
So basically I gave myself a second full-time job. So my first full-time job being an artist was already very busy. And then I gave myself a second full-time job of figuring out a membership. (laughs) And, and then also, you know, uh, so delighted that more than a thousand people joined the membership last year, which is so incredible. And I'm so honored to be a partner with them as they are exploring their own journey as artists. Uh, but it was, well, let's just say it was a lot. I was not getting to make art as much as I normally do. And art is an area where I get a lot of mental restoration. So by the end of the year, boy, I was tired. You know, I was tired. I wasn't making as much art as I wanted to. I was learning a lot of new things that just took a tremendous amount of energy. And it was, it was a lot. And then meanwhile, here's another thing. And you might, you might resonate with this. I take a lot of courses, digital courses. I read a lot of books. I myself am in a number of memberships and masterminds. I think over 10, maybe over 15. I am in so many groups and all that learning is super, super important. It's, it's so great to hear how other people are doing their journeys and everybody teaches their own way that worked for them. And it's super, super valid, super, super helpful. And what that means is that I've accumulated a lot of training, teaching different paths, both, both as an artist and as a membership owner and as a course creator and as a person who licenses, licenses their arts. Like there's a lot of different stuff I do and I've learned a lot about a lot of things. And all these different paths are very valid, especially because they're just reflecting what the teacher learned themselves that worked for them. But all these tactics and projects and tasks and to-dos are pretty much always hovering over my head. Like so-and-so, you know, found her way because her podcast blew up and this other person, you know, it was Pinterest and you know, this other guru, it was Google ads and so-and-so, you know, found their way through Instagram stories or live speaking or writing a book or writing a daily blog or using chat GPT and on and on and on. And every single one of those ideas is, can be incredible and, and work so well, but there are not enough hours in the day for me to do all of them. <laughs> And I'm a person with a lot of energy and creativity and I love ideas and I love thinking about things that I could do. And I'm also a person that's not great at estimating my own capacity. I usually overestimate it if you follow what I'm saying. I usually think I can do a lot more things than I think I can, than I actually can do. So all those tasks and ideas operating like little tiny handcuffs. Like I was like, oh, I've got to do this thing over here. And what about Google ads? And what about Pinterest? And I'm not doing enough with this. And I probably should do some more live speaking. And, and I was just feeling like I had to do all of those things. And I just simply cannot. So I was tired, you know, at the end of the year, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I'm exhausted. And I don't know what the next step is. So fast forward to my gals. Every year I get together with a few ladies and we have sort of a, a formal, 
a formal day where we talk about the past year and the year ahead. We talk about our vision and our goals for the year and we drink mimosas and we light candles and we laugh and we cry. It's a beautiful time. They're dear friends and this is one of my favorite things that we do together every year. One of my friends, Amy, brought a deck of value cards, which I had never encountered before. So what, what it is, it's, it's this deck with about 300 cards with value words on them. And the words were things like family, loyalty, excitement, sustainability, or creativity. And the idea is you go through the deck and you sort it to identify which words are resonating with you at this moment. So, you know, we started off by reducing it down to 20, and then we kept on reducing, reducing, reducing until we could get our words down to under five words. I think you're supposed to get it down to three words, which is really hard. It's hard because, of course, all the words in the deck are very good. You know, like, how do you decide between family and excitement? You know, like, I don't know. But the way I did it was that I just sort of let my heart decide. It was kind of like, I look at these words and there was some of them that I would get like a little zing, you know, like, Ooh, yeah, I like, I like that one a lot. Like that one's really important. And then other ones, you know, they wouldn't speak to me quite as much. So I did the sorting, sorting. It took me quite a long time, you know, because you have to like reduce, 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 reduce. And I found out something very surprising. I, I got it down to five words and my words were freedom, autonomy, nonconformity, independence, and spontaneity. Now, <laughs> a person could look at these words and say, these are all kind of the same thing, like freedom and independence. Josie, you probably could have dropped one of those because they mean the same thing and picked you know, another word like family or excitement or creativity. But no, I, you know, when I was deciding between freedom and independence, I was like, I can't let either of these go. I need them both. I have to have them both. Autonomy, I need that too. Nonconformity, absolutely. This is me. This is mine. I need it. Spontaneity, yes. And so those five words really told me something about what I care about and what I want more of in my life. And I, uh, you know, up until that point, I, I don't think I was even really aware of, of what my soul deeply wanted. Fast forward a few weeks. After my time with the ladies, I went on a little vacation with my family and we happened to go on a cruise. It was my first ever cruise. It was a Disney cruise and I'd never done one before. And I, you know, didn't really know what I would think of it. Thought it could be cool. And my, you know, my daughter would, you know, my 10 year old daughter was probably going to love it. And so was like, what the heck, let's do it. And for anybody that's been on a cruise, you might be like, Hmm, a cruise is, is pretty much the epitome of the opposite of your words of freedom, autonomy, nonconformity, independence, and spontaneity. Yes, I see that now. I see that now, my friends. But I also value novelty and new experiences. And I was like, hey, I'll try anything once. Bring it on. And it was a quite lovely trip. It was incredible weather. We had great travel. It was really delightful in many, many ways. 
and I did learn that cruises are not my thing. <laughs> I know you probably could have told me that, but like I say, I'll try anything once and I'm glad I did it. And there was, you know, some real highlights from that trip for me. Uh, but it was very busy. It was a real crowded cruise. There was a lot going on. We were just, you know, it was, I was getting pretty tired out. I'm not necessarily an introvert, but I do need my alone time. And so uh, after a few nights staying up late and, you know, just doing all the cruise ship things, I was like, I got to go to bed early and I got to get up early because I need to just kind of get myself aligned. You know, I need to spend some time just with myself and just, you know, just breathe. Right. So I went to bed early one night and I woke up before dawn. It was probably about five, five thirty maybe. And I walked up to the very top deck of this incredible vessel. I mean, the boat was just, I don't think you're supposed to call it a boat. The ship was really, really, really beautiful. So well-maintained, uh, just a, a, a marvelous piece of engineering. There was 4,000 passengers on that boat with us, the ship, sorry, the ship. I got in trouble for calling it a boat. There were 4,000 other passengers on that ship with us, plus a couple thousand support crew. I mean, it, it's massive. It's a floating city. It's really, really spectacular. I'm glad I had the experience to be on it because it was just something else to just watch it function the way it did. Um, and in the morning at 5 a.m., there's no one up because it's a cruise and people are on vacation. And why would you get up at 5 a.m. when you're on vacation? So they did have coffee ready because they know how to serve you on those cruises. So I had my coffee and it was, we're in the Bahamas and it was a lovely soft morning. And so I sat there in this chair and it was completely alone and watched the sun come up. And I stayed up there for a few hours. And, and as I was up there, a couple of other passengers and crew were out and about, you know, not many, but, you know, maybe five or six. There's people walking and, you know, one guy passed me, um, you know, and of course said hello to everybody. And, and then this, this guy passed me and then, and then he sat kind of, I wasn't really paying attention, but he sat some distance away from me on the other side of the ship, came back my way. And as he walked past me, he said, oh, you look serene. And I, you know, responded, oh my gosh, I feel serene. It's so beautiful out here and look at the sunrise and we're here. Oh, it's just, if the weather is so good and it's so, you know, it's just so lovely. And, and he said, oh, well, you know what they say, freedom isn't free. And it was, you know, it was such a non sequitur. I was like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I said, what, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, Anything worth having is worth fighting for. And I'm going to need to unpack that for you a little bit because it was very meaningful to me. But everybody who I've told the story to is like, I don't get it. <laughs> so, so allow me to explain why it was meaningful to me. So first of all, I know the phrase freedom isn't free is, is about, uh, is, the origin of that is about military service. And I'm a proud family member of many people who have served in the military. And so I definitely want to honor that usage. <laughs> so freedom isn't free and thank you to those who serve. But in the context of this moment on this cruise at you know, before dawn from a stranger on this boat, the ship, sorry, on the ship, it was very unexpected and it immediately resonated with me, but it took me some time to sort out why. 
And ultimately what I have come to is the reason that hearing freedom isn't free in relationship to my serenity before dawn on vacation is that getting up at 5 a.m. while on vacation on a cruise ship is essentially is fighting. (laughs) It's fighting to maintain the internal balance that is necessary for my soul. I, I had to go to bed early. I had to make a decision, go to bed early. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go and sit out on the deck before anybody else gets up. And I'm just going to be with myself. And there is certainly resistance against getting up at 5am. But what's interesting too, is that when I look back on the cruise, that morning was my very, very, very favorite part of the whole adventure. And there were many things that were great about it, but that was my favorite, favorite part. And so I have just a couple of observations that I want to mention here. And this might seem like a bit of departure, but bear with me, bear with me. The first thing that I wanted to mention, and this is probably going to be a whole podcast because this, I could say a lot about this, but one of the things that I've been noticing is that the actions that we do that create the most positive impact on our overall, overall lives are usually cumulative. What I mean is this, one healthy meal does not create healthy eating. One hike outside does not create fitness. One session of meditation does not create the overall mental health benefits that a daily practice would give you. One afternoon making art will not create a unique voice or a viable business. One great conversation with a friend does not create a sustainable, long-term, healthy relationship. I think you see where I'm going here. I could go on and on and on, but what I'm getting at here is that the impact of these healthy habits, the things that I want in my life, only starts to show itself after many repetitions. The second thing I've been thinking about is that for many of these healthy habits, as I'll call them, especially when you're getting them started, you know, you're starting an exercise program or you are changing your diet plan a little bit to eat more vegetables, or you're trying to fit more friends into your busy life. There's resistance. There is resistance to these things. It's hard to work out every day. It's hard to turn down the pizza for a salad. It is hard to make time in my busy busy schedule to connect with a valued friend. It is hard, and I'm a full-time artist, it is hard to actually make art. There's resistance. There's so, so much resistance. And in order to make sure that my actions are congruent with my values, which means my daily habits, my the things that I do every day that are essentially creating my whole life, I want to make sure that those actions and habits are congruent with the things that I care about. For example, I care about physical fitness, which means I have to work out. And I care about eating healthy, which means I have to eat vegetables. And I care about connecting with my friends, which means I have to make time for them. And I could go on and on. I care about my art and I need to make time for my art. I, need, I care about my art business. So that means I need to learn and grow. And one of the things that I have noticed is that something that I really value 
but that I also find very difficult is connecting with my own heart. I just can get extremely influenced by other voices. Often the other voices are brilliant and they are well-meaning and they are help they are helpful, but ultimately I need to connect with me. And this is back to that overwhelm thing because when there's all these things that are hovering around all these shoulds and to-dos and this will help and try this and blah blah blah, all of that can feel like just impossible. And and actually it is impossible. I can't, I can't do all those things. And if I try, I will get burned out and I will get overwhelmed. And so I need to check in with me, check in with my heart and then listen to out of a sense of serenity and not out of a sense of busyness, listen to what my heart has to say. And I don't know about anybody else, but I have to fight to connect to my heart. It's just not that easy. I have to fight to create the serenity and the quiet that I need to even hear myself because my heart's there, but she whispers, you know, she whispers, she doesn't scream. She gives me small suggestions, but if I am ignoring her, she doesn't tend to speak louder. And so it's important for me to slow down, to hear my self, that inner voice, hear my true heart, hear the deep inside the deep. And that is when I am free. That's when those values that I identified of freedom, independence, spontaneity, autonomy and nonconformity are in full effect because I am aligned with my full self, my mind, with my heart, with my body. It really does take fight, a fight for me. I'm not fighting other people. I'm fighting the resistance that comes in lots of different forms. But one of the examples of how I fought for it on that cruise was get up at 5 a.m., that was my fight. I was fighting for serenity. Freedom isn't free. We all have to fight for our serenity and we have to fight to hear our hearts. I think that when we are hearing our hearts, or you might call it your higher self, you might call it spirit, you might call it God, but it's something other and it's something smarter than my normal everyday working mind. I need to tap in to the higher wisdom. And when I do that, when you do that, that means we'll, our path will be a little bit more clear. I really think that that's the solution for overwhelm for me is to know all of, you know, all of these potential paths I'm saying no to, but I'm saying yes to this one and I'm taking action on this path. And it does require a little bit of risk because, you know, if you're turning down other options, you're going to have to, you know... I don't know. You, it, you might be wrong. <laughs> you, you could be wrong. It's possible. And, uh, you just have to go for it. And, and I really think that it's not that my heart is right. It's not that I always hear my heart correctly, but I do know that that is the most fulfilling way to live. So we covered a lot of stuff today. We covered about, we covered burnout and overwhelm and the fact that I think the antidote to both of those things is fighting for our own serenity and fighting to hear the deeper 
and higher wisdom that our soul can provide. Thanks so much for spending this time with me. I don't take it lightly. There's a lot of things you could listen to. And if you're listening to me right now, I, I'm so honored. It, it's super helpful if you were to subscribe wherever you're listening and also exceptionally helpful to leave a review. Thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you next time.